The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamualaikum everyone and welcome to Sister Speak. Um, today you're joined with me, Lamisa, in the studio. Uh, I think we also have Farine online. Farine, if you're there, do you want to say hi? Assalamualaikum everyone. I'm here. I'm online. Yeah, Farine, uh, so yeah, Farine's joining us online, and then we've got a special guest with us today, Aksa. Aksa, do you want to say hi? Assalamualaikum everyone. Uh, yes, Aksa was a former presenter of ours mm-hmm. a while back. How does it feel being back here? Honestly, it's absolutely amazing. And just before Lamisa even starts speaking, I just want to say how proud I am of the show. And honestly, it has come leaps and bounds. <laughs> the the meticulous nature of the show, the refinement of the ch- show over the pretty much of the oh. last six years has been amazing. And, and credits to you guys. I know Mariam's not here at the moment, but a quick shout out to Mariam as well, who has and an, an planned this show itself. And to me, it feels so just so at home I, you know it doesn't feel like I've been away maybe oh, the structures have changed a bit and the room itself but just amazing and to the work the sheer work and effort and hard work that goes into running a, a running a great show that has has an amazing intention yeah it is just so so humbling to see so Aww. you know what well done well done you guys oh <laughs> uh, thank you Axel. Well, you guys started it off for us which is was great you gave us a great platform to go off so we thank you guys for that thank as you well. thank you um so yeah today uh we do have quite an interesting show plan for today our main topic is surrounding uh nourishing career paths into secondary education education it's a really important topic to be honest um but yeah I guess since uh we might have some listeners that Mm -hmm. have never listened to our show before um I'll just let you know what our show is about um so our our show is a platform for Muslim women to voice their opinions on various different topics and events um we just want to let everyone know that all opinions and views are our own and that we respect all other similar or opposing views and opinions um and Farine you're online do you want to let everyone know um where they can get in contact with our show if they do want to let us know their thoughts Yep, you can call us on 015824818822 or you can send us a WhatsApp message on 0779481822. You can also DM us if you have any thoughts after the show on our Instagram at sisterspeak. And that's it. Do call in during the live and ask extra questions about anything that you want. She'll be happy to answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Great stuff. Um, so yeah, I guess let's just get into our first segment of the show, which are, is thoughts for the week. Um, so Axa, after a very long time, do you want to share your thought for this week? Oh, my thought for the week. Oh, totally forgot that we, <laughs> we're still doing this. Um, I think my thought for the week, and it is Wednesday, but if you do, and, and this is for everyone listening, is if you do have a sort of a, a hard start to the week, don't let it shape the entire week. Mm. And I think that's something that I would go and, and take forward and, and have been taking forward f- for quite a few months. Now, I'll, I'll get into that later, but it is sometimes that one hard day does not need to shape that entire week, mm. doesn't need to sh- shape the week after. And sometimes that thought can turn into uh, an intrusive thought mm-hmm. um, but sometimes just just closing it off and dealing it within that within that time but then moving on mm-hmm. and not letting that shape that positive week that you have set forth so that's my thought of the week such a very important thought for the week as well I feel like a lot of us we do have you know some things that bog us down mm. um, and it's really easy to bring that negative energy along with you the whole week um, but you're very right just deal with it there and Absolutely. then and what's yours? if you can try and move on I'll, I'll come to mine I'll come to mine <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to let Farine say her thought for the week first and then uh, yeah, we'll get on to my one so Farine what's your thought for the week? Um, my thought of the week, I really want to talk about grudges and a bit about, you know, forgiving people mm-hmm. and about grudges. I want to say um, in friendships, it's always so important to understand that, you know, we all grow up and it doesn't matter if you've been friends for, I don't know, 10 years. At the end of the day, people change. Mm-hmm. And if the that chemistry is not there, then it's not a big deal. You know, you're going to find someone after those 10 years that you're going to be close with. Obviously, it's sad. There's 10 years of friendship, but people change and your the way that you think change your personality changes so much especially after 10 years so i think just being friends with someone for the sake of being a friend and not actually you know fulfilling that friendship is for me in my opinion i don't think it's worth it mm. and it's just better to you know 
let it go and just you know move forward so yeah. that's my thought of the week and i i know you said that it is sad but actually and sometimes it can be a, a happy thing instead you can remember all the good times all the good memories mm. um and give it a good farewell uh and you're you're very right in saying that people change after 10 years 10 years is a very long time for me so yeah uh, thank you for that thought for the week. Uh, so now on to my thought for the week. Um, so my one is kind of uh, going off the, the back of your guys' one in terms of time. Um, I was just talking to Axel about this before the show, about how quickly time flies. Um, it kind of, you know, we, it's been six years since I've seen Axel. So yeah. much has happened in that time. Um, and I'm just thinking, like I was looking back to when I first like in my mind I was thinking back to when I first came into the studio mm. when I first had my interview with you guys yes and it was so long ago and yet it just seems like yesterday mm-hmm. um and I was back in school then well you still look the same so that's, <laughs> that's a positive thank you I appreciate that or maybe I just looked old back then I no, know. I full of wisdom <laughs> full <maybe>. of wisdom <laughs> but yeah it's crazy time definitely flies um and I guess my thought for the week really is just you know, as as cheesy as it might sound, but try and seize the day, try and seize the amount of time that you do have. Um, and I know it's really easy for a lot of us to to waste many hours on the day, um, kind of scrolling through various forms of social media. Um, but yeah, try and try and make use of the time that you do have is my thought for the week. Uh, OK, I guess that wraps up our thoughts for the week this week. And I'll move on to um, my the hot topics that we have planned Mm. um well i guess it it kind of goes in line with my thought for the week in terms of looking back at our aspirations when we were younger Mm -hmm. and where we are now in that time do you feel like you kind of fulfill those aspirations that you have when you were younger has life played out differently to how you thought it would play out um it's kind of going along those sentiments so what do you think I think fulfillment comes in many different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, fulfilled 100%. And, uh, you know, sometimes leaving a place of work, leaving, you know, leaving your home before you go into work, my heart is full. Um, and I think that's really important. But in terms of my the journey so far, mm-hmm. wow, it's not the journey that I planned okay. uh, at all. Okay. Uh, and that that sort of goes into a little bit of context of you know where I am right now and and where we are first started off many 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 years ago. Um, and you know I don't want anyone to think that I am you know here as as, as someone that is completely in, experienced in my field and mm. and has you know years and years and years of knowledge but just to show the trajectory of where I am and some of the some of the positives as well as some of the negatives that I've um, overcome faced and and have been challenged with and I think gearing on where I would have liked to be I remember growing up and thinking you know at a 10 10 year old AXA remembering one of my cousins asking me you know what do you want to do and I remember my my thing was you know I like to build stuff you know Mm -hmm. and that was very cliche um not oh sorry not so cliche as you know when you go when you grow up with those stereotypical um ideas of, of being a young girl and your career aspirations are sort of rooted towards some of those um or some people might seen those as you know going towards some of those stereotypical career roles but now I was like yeah I want to be a builder I want to build things and um Sort of, I never really thought of career paths. I mm. never thought of it until I got to probably college, mm. and that's when I started to really think about who I wanted to be, mm. and more so into that second year of college, mm. when you are when you do your um, when you do your first set of or second set of mocks, and you're going towards those end exams, leading yeah. towards university. And I think that was the very first time that I really thought about where I wanted to go to, mm. and I and I remember that was my very first blip when um, I applied to a university in, in that second year and I applied to LSE and uh, I didn't get in and uh, I didn't even get an acknowledgement email. Yeah. I never got a reason of why. I had amazing predicted grades. I had like an A star and AA and mm. I had an amazing personal statement that I kid you not, I got so many people to check. Yeah. But it just didn't happen. And I remember th- that rejection letter coming in so, so early mm. and that really was so disheartening. And I think that was the very first obstacle I faced when when thinking of career paths was that initial stage. And there wasn't an avenue to really talk about how that felt um, mm-hmm. and how to really overcome it. Mm-hmm. Just that was the very first blip. And I, and I look back at that and think, oh, it's, it's, not, it's not a big deal, but I know exactly how it felt at that point. Yeah. It was so discouraging. And I remember just looking at these predicted 
grades and thinking for what mm. why do I have these when I didn't I didn't get into the university I really really wanted to mm. um, and then I applied to uh, Queen Mary where I got an unconditional offer and um and then I sort of set my mind and I thought, you know what, listen, this is really, this is what I want to do. Mm. And um, I teach history. So I remember thinking to my, now I, obviously I teach history, but I remember for those two years of sixth form thinking, yes, history is something that I want to do. And then in that middle year, that second year, it was just not what I wanted. Okay. And I remember ringing up Queen Mary and thinking, this is not what I want. I mm. want to change my course. And I went from history to politics. Yeah. And it was just, you know, I had a look at this syllabus. I had a look at this specification and thought, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I changed it mid-year. And I made two really, really big changes for someone that played it quite safe, you know. Okay. Um, I made two changes in that year and, uh, or two two revelations almost in that year knowing that really I didn't want to do history anymore Mm -hmm. and I wanted to go into politics Mm -hmm. um, or wanting to study politics Mm -hmm. and then you know um, just getting that rejection really really early on Um, and then I geared towards it and um, I had a very good time at Queen Mary and I thought wow actually this was the you know this was the right decision decision and and the better choice I've I've made two amazing lifelong friends Mm. and um, who we've both we've all gone through crazy stuff together but we've really much remained very solid and I think to myself you know what sometimes that that sort of you know barrier that that rejection actually has a lot of a lot of wisdom behind it you know mm. and we don't we won't see it straight away mm. and it will happen later on um but I just remember getting into Queen Mary and just thinking to myself right okay it is a Russell Group University this is something that I wanted and and and, and, I, and I really enjoyed going in and and really understanding what it was like but it wasn't all glitz and glamour. Um, I really saw politics for what it was, you mm. know, um, you know, studying pretty much in the east heart of London. Um, you really see it um, really big and bold everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I realised that's not something I wanted to get into. I just okay. didn't, I didn't want it. Yeah. Uh, I remember having a conversation with my dad and he said, oh, you know, you're studying politics. Do you want to go into governance? Do you want to go into the civil service? And I point blank said, no, yeah. this is not for me. You know, mm. I didn't like it. I didn't like some of the undertones mm-hmm. when it came to politics. And I just put that to bed. And that was a, a rational choice that I made. Um, and I made it in my third year thinking, actually, no, as much as I enjoyed learning about so many so you know a vast range of 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 strands of politics from across the world we looked at the, we looked at east african history we looked at oh african uh, civilization politics from the right from the very beginning um, all the way to the middle east and mm. you know we looked at the suez canal crisis and you know we we really really went in depth but when it came to actually wanting a career yeah in it it was a no for me yeah um but, but I guess studying that helped you realise that. Absolutely. Um, and even though it was something that maybe you were considering back in sixth form mm. after going through that journey, you realised mm. actually it's not what you what you want to do. And I guess from what you said, the biggest thing that I think resonates with me is the fact that life doesn't go exactly the way mm-hmm. you planned. And even though, like we said, we don't have huge amounts, vast amounts of wisdom behind us, but it is a, a lesson that you you need to learn, I guess, pretty early on is that mm-hmm it is a journey and it's not a journey you can plan out Mm. you don't know how it's going to go but it's about kind of just going with what's happening and seeing how it unfolds and often it unfolds in in the best of ways absolutely yeah and it just got to the point where I I really just you know just became a little bit more understanding of okay this was great to learn about but not something I want to get Mm. into full time and I I, you know my dad's very big on education and said you know what you still got one more year in it do you want to do a master's and I was like oh not right now Mm. Uh, but I you know I had that sort of that accommodation of you know what you you, no one's expecting you know if you want to go out and you want to work and 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 really go into industry that's absolutely your choice but if there's a year that you want to sit and study that's also something that you want to do so but I wanted a bit of both and um so at 21 I decided as soon as I graduated I wanted to do my PGCE which is a postgraduate certificate in education it gets Mm -hmm. you into teaching after a, a year now two years of um uh training so um, that's something that I got into and, and that sort of stems into sort of the career conversations and career paths into education. And mm. I then realised, you know what, if there's a subject that I really want to teach, I want to teach history. 
Okay. You know, I, even though I didn't want to do it at a degree level, yeah. it's something that I really wanted to get into when mm. I, if I was to teach any subject, I thought, you know what, there's something that I would love to teach mm. and, and, and I would love to make it my own and shape it as my own. And um, I got into it and um, I remember because I went and studied it in Bedfordshire rather than um, a, a Luton training program because uh, at that time there wasn't history really available okay. as a training teacher training program and you know I was offered English but I wanted to be true to myself um, and I remember getting lots and lots and lots of marketing emails saying you know what you'll have a lifelong career in English and you know it's always a core cool subject but I thought to myself no I'm not going to be happy yeah and if fine. I'm not going to be happy why would I do it? Um, and then that sort of led into the career journey into teaching and, and that got me into, you know, again, not settling in Luton per se, but then moving over and, 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 and training over in Bedfordshire, which, again, was a, another great experience. Mm. And and one thing I would say about, you know, being in university, I lived out. It was it was an eye opening experience and it was something that really gets you to understand, you know, the bigger picture. Okay. Um, it gets you to really grasp the concept of cultural capital, um, understanding, engaging, empathising mm. and being considerate of different languages, a different heritage, um, something that is not the norm to you, but also just being open minded to be thinking about how others have may lived and mm. and and really taking some of the, the you know the goodness from from the cultures that you yeah. do learn about and you do come across and you come across them very 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 um very abruptly in the terms of you know you walk into a seminar or a lecture and then you have everyone from every walk of life mm. and i think that was so important and and living amongst people from different walks of life you know mm. from different continents of the world like east asia or america mm. um and that was uh that was very eye opening yeah um Farina's just about to go to university, oh, aren't you? Oh, lovely. Um, what do you what do you think about what Axe's just said in terms of you know what you have to anticipate? I guess. So yeah, I relate so much because it just happened like a week ago, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna go to uni, and you know, it's that second year of college. You feel so overwhelmed and so stressed. Absolutely. I remember I was. Mm. I had so much anxiety about results there. You have anxiety about if you got into your uni, about everything. Mm. So I, when I got my results, I got into my uh, firm, like, you know, firm choice uni. I was like, my life's settled now. All I have to do is, <laughs> you know, go away to uni and study. But then, you know, those that month after A-levels, so from August all the way to September, all I was doing was, was researching my uni, mm. you know, the um, I was going to do law, the subject, so researching any, like, career paths and everything. And I spoke with my parents, and I wanted to change my course literally last minute so mm-hmm. this week literally on monday uh 8 a.m i sent an email to my union i said i want to change my course i don't want to do law anymore <laughs> and i was going to do computer science first because you know my parents were a bit pushy on it that do computer science if you're going to change the course do computer science but you know instead of talking with my parents i got some advice from other people like Mariam, for example and it's really true that it's i agree with us you have to do a course that you're happy with mm-hmm. because it's going to be three long years so That's if you don't jo- don't enjoy it you're not going to have motivation to do it but it was a really um stressful period i'm still in the process of getting my course changed and i literally start next monday wow. but yeah. <laughs> well i guess in the future <laughs> it, it I will be goes, absolutely yeah. okay honestly, yeah 100%. absolutely fine i hope the process goes smoothly and i'm sure in the future hope inshallah a year down you'll be you know inshallah. you'll be thriving in your course um inshallah (laughs) um yeah i guess one important question to round up this hot topic uh if you thought back to 10 year old you or 15 year old you and if they could see where you are now how do you think they would feel i think i hope they would be very proud Mm. um and i think it's important to stay true to yourself Mm. um it's important to know when something um no longer feels right Mm -hmm. uh and you know, I don't want to put the message out so it's like, yeah, give up very quickly. No, no, that's not what I'm trying to say. It's go for it yeah. and put in effort. And you think to yourself, do you know what? You do have sometimes have that gut feeling. Think, mm, this, it felt right, but now it just doesn't. Mm. But give it a try, mm. you know, and, and make sure that you, you just keep going and, and, and keep putting in that effort to the point where you feel wholeheartedly and sincerely that you've done enough. Yeah. And once you feel like you've done enough, but you still have that same feeling, that's that's when you need to know 
that it needs to be put to bed and and, and that becomes an experience mm. and that is something now that you need to learn from and I think for that it has taken lots and lots of time in order to understand what that looks like and and sort of contextualize it as well as put it into words but I think overall yeah I, I, I would hope so and and I think again it's just something that you just can't you can't put into numbers mm. it's not a quantitative piece of data but rather it's you know it's a matter of experiences and that's what you know I, I tell a few of my students I'm like sometimes it is that you know that quality of your experience it's it's what can you learn from it okay cool you didn't get a very very good school especially when they you know when you've got students coming in from year 11 and mm. they just they don't just don't do well at the very beginning and you're just like it's okay we yeah. still got time we really 100%. do have time yeah but just now see that as an experience because you just need to the more dwelling that you do the overthinking that you do really doesn't do any much um any much goodness but mm. more so does that harm and i think sometimes it's creating that mindset and it takes time it takes a lot of time it's a lot of understanding who you are mm. and 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 again you know if i was to say to the 10 year or the 10 year 10 years ago acts i would just say you know what just just know what you're doing is absolutely your path mm-hmm. it's yours yeah and it's no one else's yeah and there's no judgment that you need to put on yourself because it's your learning journey and that's how we i think even with any other aspect of life whether that is you know things that happen that are out of your control you just look at this as an experience of your life mm-hmm. and that we have to take the goodness from it 100 mm. percent. i think that's the amazing thing mm. you know to say and it's very very true um farine what about you do you think if you look back at yourself 10 years ago what would they say about you now I would be so surprised at the fact that I'm like on a radio show in the UK speaking about me going to my first year of uni. <laughs> because when I was about 10 years ago, when I was nine, all I was thinking when I, I'm going to go to the same university as like my childhood friends and probably at this stage, you know, I had so many things and none of it was here, like where mm. I am right now. But, you know, it's it's life. And uh, I think everything, like Axel said, everything that every failure anything you should just see it as a blessing and it mm-hmm. takes me so much time to kind of understand that because it's everything that's coming in front of you it's all a last you know deed mm-hmm. absolutely yeah there's a plan behind everything um well i'm glad that you know you guys are saying that the younger versions of you would be proud and would be amazed at what you're doing because i think in a way it shows that you guys yourselves are proud and amazed at what you guys are doing which is which is great to hear <laughs> um yeah interesting it's just interesting how life plans out and i think that's what i was trying to get at Mm -hmm. is that 10 or 15 years ago none of us would have thought that we'd be here Mm -hmm. at this moment right now none of us could tell um and it's crazy how life pans out i think for me like 10 years ago at age 13 I didn't know that I'd be where I am. I didn't know that I'd be, you know, back in Luton after living out yeah. after five years. I didn't know I'd be on a radio show. Yeah. I didn't know that uh, I'd be studying the course that I was studying because I was not interested in medicine whatsoever as a child. Mm. I was never that kid. Really? Yeah, I was very much into like, you know, journalism and oh. I was going to study English literature at university and things. It was it was a lot of different things. Um, and I think it just goes to show as children how how different our possibilities are, how how wide our imaginations are and where we think we are going to be. Um, even in terms of like life stages, I thought I'd be married by now and having kids. <laughs> which is, you which still is got so lots funny. and lots of time. Lisa. I know, lots I know. Time, but but it's, it's like, you know, as a child, you think of all these things and mm-hmm. you're with your friends and you're in your little group and all you do is go to school, you chat and you come <laughs> back. Um, and then you become an adult and life mm-hmm. changes like so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know but we go out there we have the experiences and i think that's what truly you know makes us into the people that we are mm-hmm. um do you think that you know getting out of luton almost having an experience where you've lived outside of luton uh do you think that that's quite an important thing to do and how mm-hmm. i think i was just like you i thought i wouldn't really come back mm. you know it, and that is absolutely no no disrespect to Luton I love Luton uh, you I'm know the biggest Luton advocate <laughs> absolutely so progressive and we've got so many wonderful initiatives out there that is just making Luton on on that big 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 map okay um and that's not just our football that's just so much more that's going on <laughs> behind the scenes yeah um 
I think, you know, having that experience is very beneficial and it's positive. And it's going back to what I, you know, I just previously said about the concept of understanding and being empathetic and mm. being compassionate. And one of the best things that we can ever do in life is be compassionate. Mm. You know, anyone can have empathy, but compassion has solutions. Okay. When you're a compassionate person, you make those solutions. You know, when you see something and you think, wow, I'm going to call that person, you know, um, you know, I had a different upbringing and maybe doesn't see the same, uh, you know, or maybe doesn't have the same views as me. Mm-hmm. And, that, and, and we see that with our young people today. As soon as it's like, oh, my God, they don't have the same, I don't know, religious view, political view as me. That's it. We're not talking to them anymore, mm. and I think we're get we're tr- we're starting to change that a lot, and 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 it's coming from the young people themselves. You, mm. you know, you've had you had that, and I remember growing up seeing that in young people, and and now it's almost like putting a sort of a, a line towards that and thinking, you know what, actually, we still have to be empathetic empathetic to each other. But then me just understanding your culture shows my shows my compassion towards, and now yeah. let's come up with a solution. And, and I think. That's- something that we'll continue on in the second half of the show I'm so sorry to have to wrap it up there Uh, but please do join us after the break inshallah we'll be delving more into Mm -hmm. that uh, and more into our main topic which is nourishing career paths into secondary education but we'll see you then assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh you're listening to an inspire fm podcast making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on inspire fm Assalamu alaikum everyone and welcome to Sister Speak. Today you're joined with me, Lamisa, and we've also got Aksa in the studio today. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, before the break, we were just discussing about kind of our experiences and how life, where life has taken mm-hmm. us. Um, Aksa, you were saying just before the show that it's really important to get an experience outside of Luton. Do you want to finish off that point? Yeah, no, you know, me and Lamisa were just talking about just the importance of of having that enriched experience and and learning and empathizing um, and being compassionate towards those um, that we know have a different viewpoint towards us and I think that out of town experience really does build on build on that and and it's just always knowing who you are whilst you're going through those experiences and you know that's self-explanatory itself so Mm -hmm. but then also just understanding and, and, and knowing that there's a bigger world out there yeah and you know, we we shouldn't just be capped at this specific moment at this specific time um, in it, a town. Yeah, and it gives mm-hmm. you it gives you an experience of how to navigate outside mm-hmm. of our town. We uh, are quite lucky in a way that we have people who are very similar to each other in this mm-hmm. town. We're growing up in you know quite tight knit communities, but the real world out there is is quite different, and you need yeah. to learn how to navigate with people who are not like you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think that going outside of Luton helps you to do that and have mm-hmm. that experience. Um, so, yeah, I guess that wraps up our hot topic. So I'll move on to the main topic now, which is nourishing career paths into uh, education and into secondary education. Um, so just to give a bit of background about Aksa, Aksa is uh, head of aspirations uh, and she's a student uh, head of aspirations and student development at her school. And she's a teacher of history as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so do you want to give a, a bit of a background as to why you chose this topic in particular for today? I think choosing this topic was important just because, you know, I, I look back at my journey you know including this year six years ago mm-hmm. when you know when I decided to get into teaching and mm-hmm. I didn't have much of a voice and I didn't have anything that you know had my voice that looked like me you okay. know that came from the same background as me when you go into the student forums um online mm. you don't see people that share that same culture and background as I did and mm-hmm. and sometimes that can also be disheartening um not because someone else from a different culture doesn't have a great viewpoint no but sometimes it, it, that familiarity does does create a sense of uh, creates a better sense of understanding mm-hmm. and I think it's also acknowledging that there is culture and 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 and, and faith and culture does play such a big part in in making so many uh, or you know making so much of our decisions so I Mm. think that was that was one of the reasons why I really wanted to talk about this this topic and if anyone is out there and I know people start to think about career options especially going into the third year of university and knowing what's out there and some people really do want to work with children Mm. and I really wanted to make sure that this could and especially a platform like Sister Speak could open that voice and that conversation to such an important topic Mm -hmm. and career path that so many people in this town hold yeah um and i think that's one of the the main reasons of the intent 
behind the topic itself. Okay, um, and we're definitely going to get into that right mm. now. So, um, Axa, do you want to give a bit of uh, an understanding as to what your background is, mm. um, and then how that led you into teaching? Mm. So, I'll just before going into the um, the role itself, so just coming into teaching, you know, six years ago, I applied for uh, a PGCE and I went on to do my initial teacher training, um, and I did it across two schools. Now, one was um, a little bit out of Luton, mm-hmm. and the other one was um, sort of, uh, I would say, in in Luton, but more of the impoverished part of Luton, and okay. I, and I think that also gave me a bit a, a big a big eye opening of of what teaching in in, in mainstream public mm-hmm. schools was really like, and. Um, so that was sort of where my journey was in my very first year. And I, I remember, and, I, and I'm so, want to be so transparent, is when I got into my second placement, which was the little bit more of the challenging secondary school, um, I thought to myself, I didn't want to be here. And that's, that, that was my initial thought. I remember okay. getting into the placement. I had two placements. The first one started from September to December of that mm-hmm. year. Um, and then in January till June, I had the second placement. And okay. normally initial teacher training, you either go through two placements. Some teacher uh, training providers put you into two placements as well as a primary school placement, okay. which is a week, and an SEND provision uh, where you work with special needs children okay. and you actually have a holistic view of what teaching looks like. Okay. Um, so, you know, I had all those experiences as well as the two big placements. And I think my second placement, which was the longest one, um, was an eye-opener into what the actual system look like and some of the broken aspects of the system frankly and mm-hmm. you know sometimes deprivation does have such a negative impact on on our young people yeah. and I just thought to myself you know this is such an amazing you know it is an amazing school with amazing children but I can't be this passionate teacher without without support and I remember and this is why I always say experiences are really important and trying out different places are important because I just remember basing my judgment on teaching based on that one secondary school and um you know I just remember falling a little bit ill in that placement as well and sometimes uh, I just feel like I just jumped to conclusions and sort of put two and two together and said you know what the reason why I'm falling ill is because of this placement but I don't think that was the case mm. it may maybe be a contributing factor but not the initial factor yeah. uh, not the main one so um you know I did it was really a bit disheartened about that but then okay. you know I got into a job um into teaching um not the two placements that I had um but actually um got into um Denby High School and um, which is the current school that I'm teaching at at the moment and um, it is funnily enough my secondary school as well and uh, which is uh, yeah quite a unique experience Um, but I never thought I would go back and that Mm. was the thing I always say I never thought I'd go back I had you know when everyone's applying in that January window I just remember applying to so many different schools inside and outside of Luton and I just went to a few placements, uh, sorry, I went to a few interviews as well as going out and actually looking at the school and yeah. and I just remember having a conversation with uh, one of the former deputy heads at the school yeah. and um, I just felt to myself at that point, that initial point in January when I was starting this brand new placement mm. as well uh, and going to the interview to um, Denby, I just thought to myself, you know what, if I'm going to... It get uh, if I was going to get into teaching in my mm. town, I want to really serve my own community. Okay, and um and that's what you know that's what I I wanted to do. And and, and I remember just having this really really in depth conversation with a former deputy head of the school who actually interviewed me. Yeah. And you know we just spoke about challenges. We spoke about deprivation. We spoke about so many things towards the end. And I just felt like okay, I've had a very very a very warm conversation here. Mm. And again, I just. um, you know was offered the job and I took the job and and I think you know that in itself some people end up taking a job in their training school which is absolutely fine and Mm. and then you know uniquely just took a job uh, at the secondary school that um, I also went to Um, and I think that in itself was an experience now you know I remained a teacher from from that point so I I think I graduated uh, with the initial teacher training in 2019 mm. and up until 2023 now I'm still I'm still in the profession yeah. and and there's been so many different development opportunities that has got me to you know the role I am in today yeah um 
but one thing I would always say is, especially within teaching, is is and I, and I hope I have the same opinion in, in about five years or ten years if I'm still in the profession is mm. never lose sight of the the passion of teaching. You know, mm. you can get sidetracked with roles and responsibilities because uh, it's you know it's so much about teaching as well as pastoral as well as safeguarding course, the children yeah. and and the protective nature of those children. But yeah. always you know just just understanding and and really really meticulizing your skill and mm-hmm. your skill is always good as a teacher and, and this is again a personal view which you've said at the very beginning of the show but it's always important to know what your bread and butter is and I okay. think as a teacher your bread and butter is your teaching mm-hmm. and I think that's what I would say anyone that's going into a profession like this you know and if you want to develop just always know that that part of the profession is so so important you know and it sets a tone um of of who you are and 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 your willingness to want to give them a better future, you know, give mm. or give students essentially a better future. And I think I, that's I was really, really touch important. On that. yeah. Was that one of the main kind of reasons as to you going back to your to the school that you essentially went to yeah. when you were younger in terms of trying to give the kids now a, a better experience as well? Obviously, mm. I'm sure the experience that you had during school was good as too. Yeah, absolutely. But it's always about improving and building on things that we've yeah. had in the past, right? And I don't, you know, I would never go in and uh, criticise institutions. No, of but, course not. You know, I think it's more so refining yourself and mm. refining your profession and seeing what works for you. And I think that's so important. I think rather than the structure itself it's more and the institution itself is rather refining your practice and once you refine your practice and you build on the teaching skills that you have Have, let's say were forced uh, first introduced to so many years ago I think that's so important is making sure that you're really you're really 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 looking at those small small minor um minor experiences that you went to and and trying to refine them and better yourself and Mm -hmm. then you'll start to see the environment change around you as well when you are when you do better yourself Mm -hmm. and I think you know going from that point to you know whereas I am now has been so many different development points but I remember for the first three years of teaching I just stuck to teaching Mm -hmm. I didn't pick up any which what we call teaching and learning um, responsibilities Mm -hmm. um, which you know were abundant and were always there but I just remember saying to myself you know what listen you need to make sure that you are that you need to be adequate at something you know Mm -hmm. and you need to know how to you know refine what we call pedagogy and I really wanted to make sure that I had the skill set before I went in and you know commanded or um uh, you know wanted to coach anyone else I really wanted to make sure that I coached myself essentially um and last year I you know I decided you know it's time for me to get into some type of a leadership role and um that's when I was um offered an acting head of history role at the same school um and that was uh an experience in itself because it was middle management you know you're leading a team and uh leading a team of people that were older than me and I think Again, it came down to experiences. It's knowing how to talk to someone. It's the communication and social skills that are really, really important. Yeah. So I think having that balance of where you have your your teaching, you have your subject knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's also knowing when you get into a, a middle leadership role to to really know and navigate. Um, and you might not do it perfect the first time around because yeah. it's something new. But just having that moment to talk to one another in your team. And then this year, um, you know, I was lucky enough to, you know, get into a head of aspiration and student development role where it's pretty much looking after the careers aspect um, across the entire school, as mm. well as sort of raising the aspirations of students, not only, um, you know, not just through um, academia, but more so, you know, that outside experience, that yeah. self-development experience. And I think that's where I didn't really think that I would, <laughs> sorry, would have been two, three years ago, because I always felt that I was very curriculum, subject knowledge. And, you know, and that was maybe pushing myself a little bit more on my teaching Mm. um, and getting into editorial. But I just thought it was just important to, again, have an experience and see what it's like itself. And Um, see what you can do in those other roles Yeah, absolutely. In terms of, uh, you know, the roles that are available for teachers, for anyone who might be interested, or actually for anyone Mm -hmm. who hasn't even thought about teaching yet, uh, in terms of where teaching can take you, do you want to touch a bit more about that? I think, first of all, you need to just understand that there are different routes into teaching. You mm-hmm. know, I, I'm a secondary school teacher, but I have friends who are primary. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important just to understand the difference between the two. Yeah, go ahead. And I I would always say when you, when you are applying or wanting to get into initial teacher training mm-hmm. is go out and go to different schools, 
before you get into actual teaching yeah. you know just because someone says to you oh my god you will make up and you might have heard it before with mm. anyone else but you will make a great primary school teacher and it's just like mm, but maybe her or his heart might be set on secondary school mm. um but i would always say go out and really get a, a week worth of experience in a primary school in a secondary school okay. get a, a week experience if you think you know what secondary something secondary school is something for me i want to work with mm. a little bit of more of the older children then go to a really really high attaining academically um um academically bright school where the the attainment levels are very very high and go do a week there and then do a couple of days at school that you know of 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 being more on 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 the challenging side and think you know what which is the school which type of school would I want to work in you know mm-hmm. am i ready to take on massive challenges of you know pretty much deconstructing and reconstruction uh, reconstruct an institution that hasn't done well so far mm-hmm. um and being a part of that journey or do i really want to make sure that i'm challenging myself intellectually and wanting to be in a school that that they are and is a high level of attainment so i think knowing where you want to head to is so important and having that few weeks or 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 months before finishing off your third year of university mm. go in and do those few uh, a few days and i know any school can take you on just say listen i want to go in and and make sure you just have a dbs cleared yeah and yeah and just go in for a few days and just and, and, and just call up and say you know what i just want to see what it's like yeah. what is it actually like in the classroom mm. what what actually happens in the classroom what are the logistics behind uh the actual teaching profession yeah. and i think that's really really important just having that initial understanding mm. and then when you go in you you know you get immersed into the teaching practice itself and yeah. You know, you get pushed into into subject knowledge and um, you get pushed into pedagogy, which is the skill of teaching. Mm. And you, you learn so much on the job. But I think initially just knowing the path of where, which route to actually take is really, really important. And there's so much out there in our community as well. And there's mm. so much out there. Um, I know if you go into Twitter and you and you just type in a Luton Teaching Hub or you can t- um, type in any of the trust hubs that are across okay. t- Luton Town, yeah. um, you can really get an indication of what it's like. Mm. Um, and you just type in teacher training Luton on, on Google and it will give you a vast array of different uh, teaching schools that will offer mm. and guide you through that process. I see. Um, but that's what I would say at the very, very beginning of that initial teacher training is just very making sure that you gain that that bit of an understanding yeah. a few, probably a few months before, understanding the route that you want to take, the primary or the secondary. And I, I think that's re- really important. And talk to people as well. Yeah. If you know that someone's in primary um, or secondary or made yeah. that transition from secondary to primary school, which mm-hmm. is a little bit more easier than primary to secondary because you normally have to go through um, a subject enhancement course. If as secondary is a little bit more subject specific rather than okay. an all rounder. Yeah. Um, just having those, uh, having those really soft conversations um, amongst people that you know of mm. or external people. I know the radio um, inspire has lots and lots and lots of networks of lots of teachers across uh, the town. And I know that they will be happy to connect you with someone, but always having that, understanding of what it's truly like i think yeah, that's really important it's very sound career advice for mm. any path not just teaching as yeah. well but for anything that you want to go into um getting that experience beforehand mm. because it helps kind of guide your your inner gut feeling in a way because mm. you i feel like everyone always gets a gut feeling when they're in the right spot mm. um and so when you have that experience you know you kind of you can tell um so very solid advice thank yeah. you for that axa um in terms of why you chose secondary education in particular um do you mind going into into that and why you're a secondary I, school i think teacher? i probably only have like two sentences for that but <laughs> i really do like working with the older kids older children yeah okay. I, just there's just something about teaching teenagers mm. it's just it's just it's, it's, it's and this is personal because mm. i know maybe someone might feel like that with primary school but yeah. it's so much vibrant i love the conversations mm. uh, it's, it's a challenge in itself and you you're te- you're, you're you're dealing with young humans young people who are going through so many life changes within themselves and yeah. you are guiding them but you know i, I always say just having a lesson that you that you teach and sometimes it you leave there with a full heart and I know I leave there with a full heart because I can I you know I hope so I can feel like I can communicate with them and we have these rich discussions and and I think for me personally I think secondary was my 
was my outlet and I came to teaching at 21 and and I remember going into secondary schools and and the school that I was initially teacher training in in my first placement was actually an upper school mm-hmm. and um the students were you know I think the age range was 14 to 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 sixth form yeah. and I was just like I just loved it because mm-hmm. I just liked working with those children even though they thought that I was uh, on the younger side and you know sometimes it's making sure you have those boundaries so they don't have those conversations but um it's it was just something that i was passionate about it was mm. it was the it was the older the older children the older age groups that was something that i really wanted to to work with yeah. um i just never and i did it i did a week and this is again it comes from understanding of of, of your own skill set is i did a week um in a primary school and i think it was like a sort of a nursery attached primary school and I did not like it. Okay. I just sat there at one point and thought, I thought, I think the time, I think it finished at like three o'clock. And I thought, when when you sit there and you're waiting for the, the clock the to move. Yeah, of course. That is when you know that's not for you. Okay. And I remember thinking to myself, this is not for me. This yeah. is, I don't want to, I don't want to, I, I just didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then going to secondary and having a little bit of a work experience in secondary, I thought, oh, okay, cool. This is something for me. This is something that I want I to get into. And yeah, so that is just point blanket it was just the passion towards teaching the older group that enticed me more than and then the younger group the younger yeah group. and I guess with with teaching as well it's not just about teaching the subject that Absolutely. you're teaching about it's yeah. about imparting those skills um imparting confidence mm-hmm. imparting belief onto mm-hmm. the kids as well and I guess with you you probably see the potential of, of the kids that you're teaching and that's so early on yeah, yeah absolutely yeah and I think it's again when it, when we look at education and career paths you know when you get into teaching it's so important to build some of those relationships and knowing and telling them and I'm quite explicit with them when it comes to managing managing some of the tougher parts of the job when it comes to the management of behavior of young Mm -hmm, people mm -hmm. I think allowing them to know explicitly that they have potential it does so many wonders it builds that relationship when you just say listen I can see that potential from a mile away sometimes it's just either conversation like I like I you know sometimes they're in the playground and I'm thinking wow okay he knows how to talk he's got very good talk you know (laughs) maybe he's not saying the right things at that moment but I was like okay cool he can articulate conversation Mm. it's not to do with the subject but yet he puts up a good argument you know Mm. you confront something and it's like wow I've got an argument you know and that's that's something that you see so early on sometimes you see charisma sometimes you see you know the flair of the writing sometimes you can see that you know the problem solving the leadership so early on and I think sometimes young people can get sidetracked but as the professional in the room, as the adult in the room, I think it's it's, it's a responsibility to always m- reassure them that they are bright, that they mm. have potential in whatever way they, that may be and however you might define the word potential, yeah. but just allowing them to know actually this is, there's an entire world out there that you can conquer and it's, yeah. and it's for you, but it's untapping that very, very early on. And, and I think... You know, I always use sort of positive reinforcement rather than the negative mm. for behavior management in a classroom mm. is is the idea of positively reinforcing those good standards and those good behaviors and making sure that that's consistent throughout the year, yeah. not just a one-off thing. Because sometimes you might be teaching that child from year seven into late teenagehood, mm. which is going, sorry, into teenagehood, which is 16. And you might have that five-year long journey and sometimes you don't want to start off with a bad relationship on a bad foot because sometimes it does set the tone and Mm. we do forget that these are very bright young people who do and know how to make up their own minds when it comes to situations and sometimes I would say very sometimes don't want to give them a lot of credit but uh, (laughs) they do make good judgments and they they make very good first impressions and they sort of really suss you out very early on you know mm. especially those who keep consistent you yeah. know that when they look at consistency they want to be there yeah. you know when you set the ground running and you set those tones of this is what i expect is that something that sort of plays into then this second year or the third year whether that's them going now into gcse and i think that's really important yeah. we don't really talk about the aspect of behavior management you think of behavior in a classroom you think oh a teacher shouting or you know someone laying down the rules no sometimes it's that conversation at the end of the day Mm. you know just speaking to that child talking to them about the potential yeah and sometimes it does come across a bit abrupt because you are passionate and sometimes it's frustrating when they don't see it and they Mm. just you know distract themselves with poor behavior or you know they distract themselves when not wanting to do well because they don't see their own potential and Mm. it may come down to insecurities it may come down to so many other factors that are changing in their lives but I think you know 
coming down to your question, that is that is a very fundamental aspect of of the profession itself. Just yeah. making sure that those those relationships do continue and stay consistent as the years go on. Yeah, and you talk, you touched on so many important things there mm. in terms of the determinants of what's going on outside of school that might affect them in Mm -hmm. school life um but i just couldn't agree with you more on the fact that imparting that confidence onto kids and that belief in themselves onto kids is something that sets them up for the rest Mm -hmm. of their life because i tutor kids as well on the side um and obviously i'm not a teacher in a professional setting but i have noticed that (laughs) (laughs) but i have noticed that in those lessons when you start off by bringing the confidence out in a child Mm. they can do so much better throughout all of it and maths is a subject that a lot of kids do find difficult Mm -hmm. but when you start off and you build up their confidence and you say look you can do these things you Mm. know whoever's telling you that you can't do it they're not right because you have the brain power to work it out Mm. they feel good about it they feel happy and they want to do more questions they want to see where they can go in terms Mm. of their potential and i think that's the thing that you know we can put our minds at ease with teachers like you out there because we know that you're imparting that confidence onto the kids that they're going to need in the future Mm -hmm. yeah 100 percent um it's it's something that i feel like it's so important but it doesn't get as much attention Mm. you know because that's the thing and i think sometimes it comes down to society as well and what we find important or find oh it's sometimes dwelling on the negatives you know mm. okay behavior going into teaching is yeah. negative because you're going to be shouting and raising your voice and sometimes it might lead in into certain situations when you are teaching a 21 hour timetable and you're like out of frustration more so but never more so out of out of pure anger because that doesn't happen and you come into the profession one thing i would say come into the profession knowing that you want to help these young people mm. um and and once, and I always, and I'm always adamant, and I would always stick to, to this because that's my my the same opinion I would give to myself is once you lose that passion, yeah, it's time for you to leave. And okay. I I say that, and I, I know there's a retention rate going out in the profession at the moment, but once you lose that compassion and that passion itself, mm. I just don't think that it's the profession for you because you do lose so much. You need a lot of patience. Yeah. At the end of the day, they are a in and it is that same quote that it takes a village to raise a child. It really 100%. does. And it's that passion and it's that encouragement and it's that might knowing that sometimes when you're going through something a little bit on the difficult side that you can you can put that aside and knowing that you're nourishing a career. Yeah. You're so you're nourishing a young person. You're nourishing. You're giving them that 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 sense of belonging yeah in that classroom and that belonging for their learning and that and that that love for learning and i think that's really really important yeah um, you're nourishing and never yeah and never ever lose track of that especially in the profession that's having a, that passion yeah mm. that's a beautiful sentiment to end on i think mm. um thank you so much for joining us no, 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 and no, talking about you. such an important topic mm. um like I said we can be rest assured with teachers like you out there who are you know helping the next generation have that confidence in life and being able to navigate that Uh, and I guess let's all take a second to think about our teachers back in the day and actually (laughs) thank them for all the stuff that they've been through absolutely honestly um because you always remember your teachers at the end of the day but please do join us next week inshallah we'll be back with another show thank you for listening to our podcast we stream our daily broadcast on inspirefm.org You'll find all our daily updates on our social media at InspireFM Luton.